it's not just unicorns and rainbows. It just isn't. There's going to be hard days and bad days, but what do you do with it? How do you use that to fuel you? And how much more time do you want to let go by being sad and depressed and defeated and letting your life go by? Welcome to the Forging Metal Podcast with your blacksmiths, Tara O'Brien and Ron Duran Jr. Come inside and grab your hammer. The fire is hot and ready. It's time to harden the fire. Let's get to work. The Forge is now open. All right, this week, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a turn in the podcast, or at least it's, it's going to seem like a turn, but I think if you if you hang with me here, you're going to see where it's pretty relevant to what we like to talk about here at uh, Forging Metal. And so I've been through a divorce before. It's been a little while now, uh, roughly, what, 20 years. And so... But, but the memories are still fresh for me. And, and I remember that as a time in my life where I was just lost and, and I felt like my identity um, had kind of just disappeared overnight. And, and I really kind of wandered around trying to find myself again. And who do I, who do I want to be um, coming out of this? And I also felt like a failure. And so because I know that the statistics around the country are very high for divorce, a lot of people that are listening are going to either have say, I've been through a divorce or they know somebody that has. And so today we're going to talk to somebody that's actually a divorce coach. And so I'm so excited to bring Kelly Calabrese onto the show today and uh, kind of share her story. So Kelly, I think, how did you become a divorce coach and maybe a little bit of your background uh, if you feel like sharing your divorce story, uh, that would be, I think, a, a good useful starting point. Uh, well, thank you, Ron and Tara, for having me. It is my honor and pleasure to be here. And you know what they say about pain for purpose, right? You take your pain and you turn it into purpose. So yes, after you know, 25 years of marriage, my husband came home and said, my commitment to our marriage is zero. And he left. And within a month of our divorce, he was reengaged, remarried. And you know, so the person who gets the news and kind of gets blindsided by it goes into shock. And even in my 34 years of coaching, I didn't know anything about the grief cycle, but it is a real thing. And so I dove in and started studying that. And it, it's not linear. It's not like you go, okay, I go from shock to sadness, to anger, to depression, to loneliness, to hell. I mean, it doesn't do that. It's not linear and it, it's life and it's real. And you think one day you're doing okay. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get some news and you're not okay. And so when you're going through divorce, you mentioned the word identity. I mean, you feel like a hurricane came through and it just it blew up your life and left a gaping hole in your heart. So almost every area of your life is affected. I mean, you're, you're just stressed out. You may have to move. Your job may change. Your kids' schools may change. There's a different family dynamic, in-laws, relationships, finances. I mean, just almost every area of your life is about to change. So I dove into healing like it was my job. I've been a health coach. At 13, I said, I will be an exercise therapist. So I always knew I wanted to be well and help people be well. So I knew that um, being healthy was going to be important. And I had studied the body for a long, long time. And when you get to the end of studying the body, you go deeper and you start studying the mind and you study that until you get to the end of that. And then you realize there's a spiritual component. So really took a 
body, mind, spirit approach to healing. And I did everything that I thought I could possibly do to get well for over two years. I mean, really went on sabbatical and dove into this. And I did get certified as a divorce coach because I created a program that didn't exist that I wish was out there. So that that's kind of how it evolved for me. And this is what led you to intentionally fabulous. Can you tell us what that, what is that? What do you do? Yeah. So intentionally fabulous is the first course is called single redefined. So I launched this because I wanted to let, and this is specifically for women right now, though I cannot believe how many men are going, what do you have for me? Is there something for men? And they're hurting just as much. And they're just, you know, they're, and it's 50, 50. I mean, sometimes it's the woman who asked for the divorce. Sometimes it's man. Sometimes it's a woman who cheats. Sometimes it's 50, 50. So not taking anything away from the men and their pain at all, but intentionally fabulous single redefined is an eight week course that looks at your identity. You know, who are you and whose are you? And you're, you're not a divorcee and now you're no longer a wife and your role may change even as a parent and so on forgiveness. Oh my goodness. That is huge. And it doesn't matter how you look at this or what your story is. Forgiveness is just part of it for everyone. Some people take this a lot easier. Other people physically get ill and sad and depressed and have mental issues. But either way, forgiveness is part of it. Renewing your mind, um, self-love and gratitude, purpose, divine health, abundant wealth, and celebration and joy. Those are the main topics that are um, taught throughout the eight weeks of the program. And there's lots of support. And every week has an affirmation, a visualization, a meditation, an activation, and a celebration. So each week is intentional for that topic. So you get to receive, you get to do some work, and the layers kind of peel off and the healing happens. And eight weeks later, you really are in a much better place than, you know, if you tried it, it's like taking a baby aspirin when you have cancer, if you try and go through divorce by yourself. So this gives them the support, the truth, the love that they need. And forget about divorce. I'm not even going through a divorce and I want to go through your course. Uh, It sounds fantastic. (laughs) You kind of cover everything, body, mind, and spirituality. I love it. Oh, thank you. Yes. I mean, I don't even say that. I say to them right up front, this is not about your ex-husband. This is not about your in-laws. It's not about your kid. This is about you, you being the best version of you. And that's why it's intentionally fabulous because you can not only get from grief, sadness, anger, depression, you know, kind of readjusting to healthy, but you could have this amazing bonus life that's better than you can ask, think, or imagine. And when my husband first left and people said to me, ah, he did you a favor. I was like, no, I didn't want to be divorced. I didn't want this. I thought they were being mean. But now after two years of really working on me and you have to own your part in it, you know, it's never 100% him and 0% me or 100% her and 0% you. You need to own your part in it. And that's part of the healing as well. If you want to get better, you have to really look at what did you need to correct and what you were doing? What do you need to own? And forgiving yourself, that was one of the last and hardest parts for me because I Mm. did feel like Ron mentioned, like a failure. Oh my goodness. I just felt like I ruined my kids' lives. No one in my family's divorced. I let my parents down. I mean, you do. And I tried so hard in my marriage. It was so important to me to be a wife. 
So um, yeah, this, this kind of brings it all in and anyone really could go through it. Even if your relationship's a little rocky, even if you're thinking of getting engaged, even if you're on a second marriage, these are all good life concepts. Mm. You, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, kind of redefining and maybe reinventing and, you know, we had a, we, Kelly, and I, you and I have had a talk and, and I, and I think you're kind of, you're touching on this, that you, you see, you feel like you came out of this better, right? Would you, is that a fair statement? If you would have told me two years ago that I would have said, I'm glad it happened. I would have said you were crazy. And I, I mean, I still love my ex-husband. I wish him the best. I bless him and his ex-wife. We're not really in each other's lives. Our kids are 19 and 20. Um, and it's probably for the best that way. But I feel like um, this is a whole bonus life. I couldn't have become the person that I am now if it wasn't for this divorce. We were both unhappy and I would have just limped along miserable till death do us part. I mean, completely just, you know, chronically disappointed. I mean, just I was miserable to, to be with in the relationship. And, you know, when you can come back and look at it from a higher place and, you can look back at and go, wow, I, I almost think we could have fixed it knowing what I now know, because it's so easy <laughs> to see from this higher place. Like, you know, he was really this way and then I became really this way. And we were in two different ditches. And and so um, I'm just a better me for myself, even if I am alone for the rest of my life. And I don't think I will be. It's what's inside me and what comes out of me now that is healed and whole. That's just exciting and I will have an amazing bonus life knowing I only get today. Um, so I, I do talk a lot about, you know, when people are ready for dating and all that. And I really want people to be whole first before they even consider that. But yes, I never would have been this person. It's like if someone loses a child or someone, you know, has some life event. I mean, if you went through 9-11, if you, you know, whatever it is, you lost someone to COVID and, until something happens to you, we have a choice. We can choose to find a blessing in it and be better and do something about it, or we can get sick and depressed and bitter and ugly and, you know, just kind of shrivel up and literally die. People can die from trauma. You are talking my language when you're talking about reframing the way you look at something. You can either, like you said, be really upset about it or take the high road and look for this bonus life, which I love that term, bonus life after divorce. Wow. Um, I think probably people listening are thinking bonus life. Huh. Uh, let me ask you, because we all have heard that in America, you know, one out of every two divorces or half of everyone that gets married um, usually ends up in divorce. Uh, and I imagine that those numbers are probably growing since uh, coronavirus started back in, in earlier this year. Do you talk to people that are going through um, this unhappy period? Like you said, I would have stayed miserable until death do us part for the kids, for my family, for everything else. What would you say to those people that are feeling that way now and saying, you know, that's great, Kelly. I'm glad that all worked out for you, but I could never do this to my children or my family. It's too difficult. Yeah, well, every counselor that I have spoken to, and I had literally a dozen friends going through divorce at the same time as me, eight of them were in our neighborhood. I mean, we, we were in a million dollar neighborhood, gated community golf course, you know, all live in this whole fantasy charade life that we were all trying to keep up. And then all of a sudden it all just crumbled. And 
So everyone who went to a counselor, every counselor said, you don't stay in a bad marriage for the kids. You're showing your kids a bad example of marriage. You're showing them how two people, you know, don't love each other, mistreat each other, are angry, abusive, whatever dysfunction is going on. That's how you're training your kids that marriage should be. They're probably not going to be surprised and shocked. And they would rather have two healthy whole parents separate than together, miserable, fighting, lying, you know, mistrust, whatever's going on inside the marriage. Better to show them separate and healthy, but the whole thing is you have to work on you. I had a friend who was adamant that she wanted to get a divorce and I convinced her to just work on her. Even if her husband wouldn't go to counseling, you go. Because either way, you still have to be a whole healed version of you, whether you stay with him or not. And now it's exactly a year later, they literally celebrated their anniversary this week and they're so united and just amazing. But it started with her just saying, okay, whatever happens, I have to work on me and, and you can't change anyone. You are not anyone's savior. You're just not. I mean, once your kids are 18, you're, you're not in charge of them either. And even trying at 15 and 16, isn't, <laughs> you can't control anyone but yourself. So if you can change and in your changing, it changes the person around you, then that's awesome. I mean, it, it was rough with my kids. They were, you know, 16 and 17 when they got the news and it was a tough age and it was hard. They were angry. And what I didn't know, cause I didn't know about any of this was the stronger person becomes their target. So whoever the stronger parent is, they become the one that receives all the rejection, the anger, the mm. abuse, and each child will do it different and boys and girls will do it different. So while you're going through your own grieving and trying to keep their lives together and piece your life together, you're basically getting attacked by your children and trying to, you know, help them heal those hearts. The best thing I could do was to heal my heart, to set safe boundaries, to be a good example, um, to speak wisdom into their life and do a lot of praying. And now it's, you know, it's taken over two years. And I know that sounds like a long time, but it takes two to five years. And it's not just the time. If you're not working on it, it could take the rest of your life. I mean, it's two to five years if you're working on it, really trying to do something to make you better. I remember sitting across from a friend and he had been divorced for about seven years. And I said, about how long did it take until you felt normal? And he said, about four years. And I literally almost spit my tea all over him. I was like, four years. And he was like, I'm sorry, you'll, you'll be better faster. You're smarter <laughs> than me. But he said, no, I, I would just come home and lay on the couch. It took me years. So it, it's a tearing of your soul. And everyone does it a little bit differently. But if you're not dealing with it, you're pressing stuff down and you're, that's the depression. And it's what's inside you eventually is going to come out of you. So if it's bitterness, anger, fear, whatever it is, if you're not dealing with it, it's going to come out in the next relationship or at work or with your family. What if, what if uh, one of our listeners is cringing uh, that maybe they're, they're about to go through this or they are going through this and they heard four years and they you know, just spit out their tea too. If I hire you, Kelly, are you going to tell me I can shorten that? I mean, what would, how would, you know, can can it, you know, this, this word that's thrown around a lot now, can we hack this Kelly? Can we hack this and get there faster? You know, I, I want to hire you to, to make you do that. I would love to make a claim and be able to say, we can do it in eight weeks and eight weeks will be amazing. And, and I do have hacks for each thing. I have hacks for identity. I have hacks for forgiveness. I have hacks for renewing your mind. 
all of them, but it, you have to do the work still. I mean, you can take it in, you can learn, you can have the support, but you still need to go home and do the work. And even though I said, I forgive my ex-husband and um, I, one little text message and I'd be like, oh, so I know it wasn't totally forgiven, you know? And so you think you're okay. And then all of a sudden he disappoints the kids and you're like, oh, does something foolish. Ugh. So you think, you know, it's a moment, it's a decision. I'm good, I got this. Oh. Um, but then you see that your ex is dating or that their you know, new girlfriend is on the Disney trip you were supposed to be on or, you know, whatever. And so you think you're good. And it's just, it's, I don't want to say it's forever or if it's for life. I absolutely believe that the content that I teach in the program can help people just receive truth, renew their minds, get rid of their old story because it doesn't serve them to keep living the regret and the injustice. And yes, your story may have been very unfair. It may have been horrible. There could have been cheating, abuse, whatever. We're not minimizing any of that. We're just saying it doesn't serve you to hold on to that and just to live in the best you that you can wake up and be today and call today joyful and look for opportunity in the day. So I can't make any claims on time, but time by itself doesn't heal. So to just say in two uh, years, you'll be better if you don't work on it is not true. And it kind of goes back to what you said earlier is this is not linear, right? I've helped a, a couple of my friends just recently as they navigate this. And I always say, gosh, I'm not qualified for this, but I've watched them do exactly that. They, they think they're doing great. And they think they're on that nice linear trajectory and, and everything is, is, is hunky-dory. And then they have a bad day or they have a bad week. And so they feel like they fall backwards and, and they feel, you know, like they're frustrated. Uh, why am I not progressing in, in a linear fashion? So I don't know. Is there anything that, that you would add to that uh, that maybe you have? You got to feel the feels. You just do. <laughs> Um, and then you have to just check in and sometimes you need to be your own biggest cheerleader. Sometimes you need to encourage yourself or give yourself a deadline. Like, okay, I'm going to lay in bed for one day, or I'm going to lay in bed till noon, or I'm going to like, you have to have some boundary where you go, okay, I'm going to allow myself to do this. But by December 1st, I'm going to get up where I'm going to put the tree up. I'm going to decorate. I'm going to have a party. And you have to do, you know, you can only go so long. So having deadlines, having boundaries really helps. But um, a lot of times people jump into another relationship just too quickly. And all of a sudden they just think they'll fall in love and anyone could be amazing those first couple of months. I mean, <laughs> anyone could look like a hero until you start getting into the nitty gritty of life. And then, you know, that can be a setback. So I wouldn't get into dating too quickly because it's really tricky and you need to be healthy yourself before you do that. So just know, I mean, Go back to any biblical example, and this goes back to the beginning of time, that no one just had a great life with good days all the time. Mm. Ask any professional athlete, ask any politician, ask any business person. It is from the hard things, the failures, the challenges that they grow the most, they get the most creative, they get the most strength and resilience from. So it's not just, you know, unicorns and rainbows. It just isn't. There's going to be hard days and bad days, but what do you do with it? How do you use that to fuel you? And how much more time do you want to let go by being sad and depressed and defeated and letting your life go by? You know, how, how long has it been already? You know? <laughs>
you know, you brought up a really great tool, one that Ron and I both love, which is we call it, I don't know if it's the right term, but we call it time boxing and it's time boxing. You know, I'm only going to feel like crap or lay in bed for the next two days, let it happen. And then I'm going to get up and do something. You said the Christmas tree by Christmas. What other things, um, and I don't want to steal too much from your eight week course, but do you have like maybe one or other two other tools that people can use, especially when a lot of those tools don't revolve around going out and being social right now, you know, go join groups, go, go out and be social, go out and visit a museum. There's a lot of these things we can't do. So we have to get really creative. Do you have any little, uh, kind of hacks, I suppose, for that, that how to be, get creative. Well, the isolation can be really challenging because what happens is when we get alone with ourselves, we have those two voices, right? <laughs> I don't know if anyone remembers the Flintstones with like the angel and the devil, but right. we have that voice that's going to go, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not, if you were only this way or that way or look this way or did this differently. So there, that, but when we're alone too much, that voice wants to come in and kill and steal and destroy and discourage and distract. So we have to like stop that voice. And then the other voice that's going, you're enough, you have what you need, you've got all the resources, look at all the things you have to be blessed about. So to just stop yourself and say, okay, is what I'm saying true? Is it good? And is it true? Is it truthful? Am I really not enough? Do I really have nothing? Have I really just blown every last chance there is? And, you know, that's even happens with people who are considering suicide to really take it to the extreme is it starts with a lie. Like you've messed up too much. No one loves you. So we just recognize a voice and stop it and then start to listen to the other voice. But another simple thing that you can do along with that is that self-talk. So how you Mm -hmm. speak to yourself, whatever you say, finish it with. And I love that. So if you say I'm a loser and I love that I'm fat Mm -hmm. and I love that. I'm lazy. I love that. I have no friends. I don't, so it's that voice. And if you add, if you could just remember to add, and I love that to it, after a while, you're going to feel that. And then you're going to realize that's not true or no, I don't love that. Or I don't want to stay in this place. And if you want to even take that one further, you can say, and I love that because, and then that goes deeper into the why. So why am I doing this? Why am I believing this? Is this really true about me or that? So it has to do with the renewing of the mind. You have to stop the cycle. You have to break the cycle. And so if you can just remember when I start hearing that voice that's lying, that's ugly, that's trying to you know literally destroy me and pull me down and keep me down that I just, sometimes I have a word like stop it. And when I would wake up and I would feel rejected, I mean, it's just the rejection is the word I would wake up with. And I'd start to play how unfair things were. And I go, stop it. And I would get up and I get on my bike and I'd start pedaling. And there might be tears like flying out of my eyes while I'm pedaling, but change your physiology, change your mind. You have to change something. We know the definition of insanity is keep doing the same thing. That's not working. So use the hack of having a word like stop it or just, you know, and I love that do I, do I really? So using those little things like that can get your mind reset, renewed to eventually you're speaking truth. I'm brave. I'm courageous. I have high energy. I'm someone who gets some at exercises. And even if you have to fulfill that prophecy, because you're, you're speaking it into happening. So if you're not an exerciser, but you're saying I'm an exerciser, 
you're you'll you can't separate the body and the mind and the spirit so they're all connected so when you start thinking it you'll start doing it and eventually it will become who you are and your identity mm, so gosh there's so much that that i appreciate of what you just said there i think that's great advice and so your your background i think you touched on this a little bit earlier your background is is really health and wellness i i guess i would characterize it that way how does that fit into that journey that you took as as you know we're going from point a to point b and and you talked about this idea that when it first happened you just wanted to cry and say i want to be married and this isn't fair whatever and now you have this great life that point, you know, in between those two points, what is that? How would you characterize that? And how does health and wellness maybe fit into that? Well, the one thing that I realized and that I was so thankful for is that I always have been a healthy person. I've always prioritized my exercise, my sleep, you know, my green drink, my keto drink, my protein, whatever I'm doing, I'm always eating a Mediterranean style diet. I don't ever abuse my body. It's just not in me. So I wasn't going to you know, do something that was going to harm myself. But I watched a lot of others who you're going to do something, whether it's wine, the clubs, escapism, you're, you're going to pick something. And I picked knowledge, you know, I picked learning, I wanted to get better. But I couldn't imagine if I wasn't physically healthy, to go through what I went through. Like I woke up with energy every day. I never got out of my routine. I still exercise, even if I didn't feel like doing it. Um, you know, maybe it wasn't as intense a workout. It was shorter or, you know, just stretching, but I still kept a health routine. There are so many people that are starting out without health, going into something stressful or because of the stress. Now they've got a migraine, they have inflammation, they get gut issues, fibromyalgia, joint. I mean, it just keeps going. So now it's not just an emotional trauma, financial trauma, you know, moving, changing friend, but now you've got to deal with physical health. I mean, at least if you're physically well, you can handle other things so much better. And I had PTSD. I mean, my brain was fogged. I know I was driving my kids crazy. They were going, mom, you just asked us that, or mom, we just told you that. And even as healthy as I was, I was just really you know, minimally functioning at that point. So keeping your health as excellent as you possibly can throughout your entire life is just going to be a bonus because life is going to be full of, you know, that unexpected phone call, whether it's a, a money issue or a relationship issue, a professional issue, but whatever it is, if you have your health, at least it's not a health issue. And so much research shows that people who are fitter, they do better uh, professionally, socially, relationally. I mean, it, it just is proven. They earn more money. So keeping your health right makes anything else that comes up so much better to deal with because I don't have to drag myself to the doctor and fill my prescriptions and make important medical decisions at the same time. And fight against yourself, it sounds like, because you're, re you're really fighting a battle that's, uh, you're pushing the boulder up the hill when you're, you're trying to deal with something emotionally and you're physically not healthy. Absolutely. Um, and Kelly, you're, aside from being uh, a successful coach and for, um, for women that are going through divorces, you're also a longtime entrepreneur. You're a successful author of many books that are out there. And I know you just released a new one, Success Habits of Super Achievers, which I'm super excited to read. 
um, which kind of mixes, it sounds like a little bit of your entrepreneurial thoughts and, and thoughts from other thought leaders. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Because I think it kind of ties into the message that we're, that we're talking about here. Yes. Yeah, so the new book is amazing. Kyle Wilson is the brainchild and really the, the glue behind this whole um, book concept. It's, as you said, success habits of super achievers. And in here, there's actually 80 iconic thought leaders, entrepreneurs, professional athletes, coaches. I mean, just authors, investors, musicians, amazing, amazing people that most people would recognize. Uh, Les Brown, Brian Tracy, um, Mark Victor Hansen, um, just so many incredible people that tell their stories of being a super achiever, which means they are resilient. They overcame something amazing. And this um, actually has my most recent divorce story in this book. And what I recommend is people wake up and read one as part of their morning routine. It's like two or three pages, but it starts your day and you read that story and you're like, oh my goodness. Like I had no idea that professional athlete went through that or that musician went through that. Like we see them, you know, on the stage or social media, everything looks amazing, but here they get into the things that they don't normally share, you know, the hard things and the real things and the vulnerable things that the resilience is so encouraging that you read that and you go, wow, you know, if they can do that, then I can certainly get through what I'm dealing with today. So it's just those short stories. And I recommend one a day, every day for the 80 plus days and then start over because each time you go back and reread it, you're at a higher level and you're overcoming something new. We're recording now in November, which is about Thanksgiving and giving thanks. But I recommend that my clients do five minutes in the morning, you know, while, while you're still in bed, and then five minutes at night. So reflecting on your day and start somewhere. I mean, you have air in your lungs, right? <laughs> you have eyes to see, you have technology if you're listening to this. I mean, start somewhere and then watch how it just snowballs and then gratitude becomes your identity. It becomes who you are. It's someone who's just out there looking for things to be thankful for. And so many people go unappreciated. So you never know what your smile or your two seconds to give someone a kind word will mean to them. And when you are positioned from a place of gratitude, it opens you to receive. That's just how the world works. That's how the universal principles are. When you're thankful, you receive. When you're grumpy and just you know, tight-fisted about everything, then you're not going to receive the same way as if you're thankful for what you have, then you're going to receive more. That is such a powerful message. Uh, what, how does that, how does optimism, you seem like a very optimistic person uh, and, and how does optimism fit into that? How would you characterize how you use optimism? Well, optimism or encouragement, it is a gift but anyone can develop it, right? So anyone can have any of these amazing gifts like gratitude, encouragement, hospitality. I mean, there's, there's all these gifts that we can have. We just have to develop them. No one is born with amazing skills. Every single thing has to be developed. We all have the ability to be creative. We all have the ability to develop skills. And yes, maybe someone, you know, Michael Jordan is gonna be a better basketball player than any of us are because of his physique, but he had to get out there and work it. So anything can be developed. And, you know, I just would love for people to have a boundary on their technology time, whether it's Netflix or video games or 
whatever it is, social media that they're getting sucked into and use that time to develop something that you were born for, something you're passionate about, some idea you have that you have not yet acted on. Because, you know, this isn't Disney. No one is coming to rescue you. No one's going to make you exercise. No one is going to make you, you know, write that book. No one is going to make you, um, you know, take your vitamins, save the money, whatever. You have to do it. So these are all muscles that you build. So sometimes you need to be your best cheerleader because maybe no one is there to encourage you and, and to be optimistic. So it's up, it's up to you to do it. What were you born for, Kelly? You know, I have, since I was 13, I had this um, divine health that I felt like I was born for. So everything that I do really revolves around people and divine for me is the spiritual part too. So it's an inside out kind of thing. Um, I have been blessed to do a lot of different things in all of my years coaching. I've got 28 different certifications all revolving around, you know, nutrition, health, fitness, wellness, now divorce coaching, but it's always going to line up with, you know, just being upright, being the best that you can be not perfect, not at all for perfectionism, but what is the best you that you can be? And how can you be a little bit better tomorrow and still be joyful, you know, still celebrate life. Know that this isn't all about hard work all the time. We're meant to have fun too. Um, you know, the, the balance is really an illusion and that's okay. It's actually good. So that when we get thrown into something hard, like a physical illness or taking care of elderly parents or a financial issue, a professional issue, we go deep in that area. So for me with the divorce, it, it turned into really having to hold up the mirror and look at myself. And so, um, I went deep in that so that now I can help others and be the best version of me. So if you have a financial crisis, you're going to go deep and figure that out or not, right? We always have a choice. So you hope that people do, but it's always about health in all areas. So physical, relational, financial, spiritual, I mean, all of it, relational, be as healthy as you can, knowing that sometimes you have to go deep in one area to grow there. And then the others will kind of be okay because you've, you've managed them. So if you always keep your health right, you know, maybe you can work on your finances and, and things are in season, you know, while you're having a baby, you're not out on the front lines of the mission field. Your, your mission is the baby. <laughs> and while you're in college, that's your mission. Get good grades, save a little bit of money. My kids are now 19 and, you know, 20, knowing what I now know and, and knowing their ages and, and where they're at, I would say um, focus on being the very best version of you. There is only one of you. Stop the comparison. The social media can really pull you down to a dark place. So put some boundaries on that. But every single person was designed with a great purpose on their life. Pursue it. It takes work. It takes grit. It is not magical. Get in there. Um, you're designed to be creative. So don't copy anyone else. Be the best you that you can be. And Kelly, the, uh, before we wrap up here today, one of our questions that we ask all of our guests, and you may have just answered your answer. You may have just given us that, but what advice would you give to people right now um, with everything that's going on in the country when it comes to building mental toughness, resilience, and grit? into like their daily lives? 
Yeah, it definitely helps to have a routine that's a healthy routine. I'm all for a morning and an evening routine because if you do that well, whatever happens in the middle is a bonus. So I like to wake up every day and really ask, what is the very best thing that I can do today? And maybe it's not the thing on my calendar. Maybe there's, you know, I, I just need to be present and be open to what the very best thing is for me right now in this moment. So always evaluating what's working. Do I need to do more of this? Do I need to do less of this? Do I need to stop this? Or do I need to start something new? So as you go throughout the day, kind of catch yourself like, okay, I've been watching cat videos for 24 minutes. Is that serving me? Okay, no, let's, let's stop that. Um, so yeah, you're, you're always kind of evaluating and checking in with yourself. Is this serving my soul? Is this serving my purpose? Or is this, I, I'm like a hamster on the wheel. And before you know it, 40 years will go by and you didn't live your dreams and you didn't do what you were designed to do. So just always be checking in with your soul, which is a combination of your mind, your will, and your emotions and ask like, what is the most excellent thing that I could be doing right now? Thanks so much to Kelly Calabrese for joining us this week. She's the author of three books that will inspire you to do more in life. Check out those three in the show notes today. Also learn more about Kelly's coaching and eight week intentionally fabulous program where you can go from fearful to fearless as you navigate separation and divorce at kellycalabrese.com. Thanks for joining us this week. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell all your friends. If you didn't, let's just forget this happened and we'll try again next week. Until then, join the revolution to forge metal and connect with us on social media.